and welcome to another episode of Free Basketball Grizzlies Edition. I am your host as always, I'm Daniel Greer, and we are presented to you by the Lead Sports Media. Thank you again for listening last week. Last, It was a great show. Uh, thanks again to Mark Giannato. Uh, just ha- coming on here and having a good time. We have a lot of things that are planned for the future, and he was one of them. And so getting the ball rolling in the right direction is always a good thing. This week, though, it's a solo show. I don't know if you love it or hate it, but we will not be doing clutch time, but we're going to get into all things Grizzlies. We want to discuss a lot of what happened in the first half, but also look at some news on Jaron Jackson Jr., but also look on trades that potentially could happen to some of the guys, as well as the upcoming games that we have right off the bat this week. We get back started with Grizzlies basketball. But let's go ahead and hop into something that is fresh on our minds, something I have not had the chance to talk about, and that is Michael Conley Jr. I absolutely love Mike. What a good guy. He's one of the good guys. And I absolutely just am so happy that he was able to become an all-star. Yes, it was a little bit different. He wasn't selected right away. But in the end... The guy is now an all-star, and he'll forever be able to take that with him. But what a showing last night. The three-point contest going down to the final round puts up the big number. Steph is having to unleash all his bullets in the chamber. And on the last shot, the money ball captures the title for Steph Curry. I, I was happy either way. But man, how fitting would it have been if everybody doubting Mike Conley never should have ever been in the three-point contest, but taking over Devin Booker's spot, why not? And so I I wish he would have definitely been the champion there in the three-point contest, came out in the the All-Star game and looked good. But in the end, it's, it's not an easy task to take over the spot of three-point champion over Steph Curry, one of, if not the best shooters, three-point shooters of all time. And then the All-Star game, that wasn't a game for Mike Conley. He's never going to wow you with some of the stuff he does. He's just a floor general. He is the conductor. And so we, I, it was definitely, I knew that he would just look different than when he was out there in the All-Star game. And it showed. He's not on the level of some of those guys in athleticism, but when it comes down to it, managing a team, making sure the team is heading the right direction, rowing the boat the same direction, Mike Conley does that for your basketball team in a regular NBA game. So shout out to him. Shout out to Mike. I know he was happy about it. He looked good. The Grizzlies fan base definitely gave him all of our love. Uh, and I think he felt it. A lot of people around uh, in Twitter, you know, different NBA players, especially Donovan Mitchell, he saw the love from Memphis and commented on it a few times. So happy for him. But let's talk about the Grizzlies' first half. It was challenging at times. Um, I know that we had a lot of injuries, COVID. It was a lot of things, a lot of hoops we jumped through, a lot of ups and downs. We went on a seven-game win streak, and then 
came back and started losing games left and right. People started doubting him again. I didn't doubt him as much this time because I know when you go on a win streak like that, a lot of times you fall back down to earth. It was a hard fall, but we fell back down. We still played well, but they managed to kind of keep it together. And they end up having a 16-16 and 16 500 record in the first half. People did not think that was possible for us to be playing 500 basketball. Right now, the Grizzlies would be in the play-in game. And we would be, you know, in amongst Golden State, Dallas, San Antonio. It's not bad. I will take that. We're definitely one win up on the New Orleans Pelicans. But we're also five losses up on them. That equals a three-game lead above them. But if we win those games and start piling up those wins as they start coming in this uh, back half, that can grow even more because we have a lot more games to make to make up than they do. And so that could actually grow much bigger. But three games is what we're up on the Pelicans. And then you drop below them. Oklahoma City, the same thing. Sacramento, we're four games up on them. Houston, five. And then you go down to Minnesota, who is just done. Absolutely done. They, they just do not look good. And they will be definitely in the top three to five in the lottery this year for draft. But what a good first half. I I think putting up 111.6 points per game, giving up 110.8, it's a positive 0.8 differential right there. We're only going to get better. I know this second half will be challenging, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. People were doubting us the first half, the whole season, saying we were nowhere close to being a playoff team. Well, guess what? We're back. And I think it's definitely something that we need to be proud of. I think what we need to look at here is we were 9-5 and five on the road. These guys play good when they kind of come together because they're friends. It, it seems like they have good chemistry. 9-5 and five on the road is very good. It could be the matchups, but I think we beat some good teams on the road. But 7-11 and 11 at home. Is it the matchups? Is it the weird feeling of being at home with no fans? Well, now as everything's opening back up, I think that actually flips around a little bit more. I think we get closer to a 500 record on the road, and then we get closer to more of a 500 or a couple games above 500 at home. So I think this is going to flip a little bit. But if we're already 9-5 and five on the road, I feel good that when we go on the road, we can win those important games. Because there won't be as many fans there as there were in the past. I just feel like we could benefit from our increasing, growing number of fans that we're allowed in, this, in the arena. That could only help us at home. And I think that will be something that benefits us in the, in the future. But uh, let's get into it real quick. The last two games that we did not have a chance to talk about. The Wizards, 125 to 111. An all-around good game. Ja, 35 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds. Exceptional. MVP that game. Uh, But looking at the rest of the team, the starters played unbelievable. They played really good. Brandon Clark, 14 points. JV, 11.16 rebounds. Not a great offensive game from him, but he made sure he was there on the glass and cleaning it up. 20 points from Dylan Brooks and 10 points from Desmond Bain. Not a great game from him, but it was, you know, he's a rookie. You're going to get those games. Uh, Winslow, again, another good effort. 10 points. Uh, 
And then 20 points from De'Anthony Melton, four rebounds, five assists. De'Anthony Melton continues to show that he needs to be in the lineup. I don't know what we do in the future. Grayson Allen was in concussion protocol. He's definitely going to be out of it now after this little break. But when it comes back, what are we going to do with all these guys? We have 10, if not more, solid players that should be getting minutes. And so when I look at this team, it it worries me that we can get down and let players go out of rotation, such as Danthony Melton this year when he had a DNP when he was healthy. I don't know if that was part of the plan where we wanting to make sure we get him some rest time, but have him available during the game if needed as a backup. As long as they understand and they communicate with the players that, hey, tonight is your off night. You're not going to play. But if somebody gets in foul trouble, somebody gets hurt, we want to make sure you're available so we don't lose these games. But if possible, we want to sit you. So you're not resting them. They're not out completely. They're still going through the motions. They just don't have the wear and tear of a game that, that it gives on your body. And so if that's what we're doing, that's fine. I just wish they would come out more and, and say that if they're not allowed to then I guess Taylor Jenkins is doing the right thing by just saying that the word just, you know, he just fell out of rotation. We were trying something different, whatever. Uh, but I think going forward, Anthony Melton definitely needs to be in our rotation. He needs to be the first or not second guy off the bench. He's playing that well. So uh, let's move on to the Bucks. What a game. I, I, I still remember that game and it still hurts because we had them. We were down early and kept fighting back. The first quarter... 31 to 17. But if you look at all the other quarters, second quarter, we won by four points. Third quarter, we won by 10 points. That last quarter, the Bucks beat us by one point. And in the end of the game, they won by one. 112, 111. But what a game overall. I think people are taking notice that these, this young team is very good. Uh, you know, we know Giannis has 26 points, eight, re- uh, eight assists, 11 rebounds, you know, another solid game from him. But Chris Middleton, very, very underrated player that a lot of people still do not believe is the bet is a good two on a, a good team. They think he should be the third best player. I, I don't know if I believe that Chris Middleton has been solid 22 points, 10 rebounds, another good game. But they had some, you know, good play overall. Um, and I know they came down. Drew Holiday hit that step-back shot. Uh, it, it happened so fast. After, after we scored that last bucket, and then they come down just without a timeout, right down the court, step back. Man, that hurt. That, that, that could have been a, a very great game. But as this team is, those losses like that, it only drives this young team even further. So a good win sometimes, you know, that feels good and it feels great. Get your mojo still going the right direction. But these losses like this, when they know they should have won them, could have eaten at them over this all-star break. And they come out guns a blazing right away next week, or actually this week coming up. Uh, but John Morant, 35 points, six rebounds, five assists. JV, 13 and 12. Kyle Anderson, you know, nine points, nothing to write off, but Dylan Brooks, another solid offensive game, 23 points, seven assists, seven assists for Dylan Brooks. That is the Dylan Brooks that we need. If he can learn 
that assists are so important for this team, he is absolutely the two guard for for this starting Grizzlies team, this team right here. He can be that player. If he would learn to play within himself, he did take 20 shots. Not a big fan. I would like to see that closer to the 12 to 14. But I understand that, you know, we were up and down the floor with the Bucks, But I would like to see that definitely below the 15 attempts. But seven assists, you go, Dylan. Um, he was in foul trouble again, but that's understandable. He's guarding their best player. So still doing all that, guarding their best player. He's putting some miles on his legs. The bench, man, quiet. That was the difference, I think, is, is the bench this this game against the Bucks. They looked good. They held their own. They they definitely played better than the other team's bench, in my opinion. Even though they had Drew Holiday and uh, Pat Connaughton, you know, both put up 15 points. I still like they they played better uh, than them. But still, our bench is our strong point. Nobody in double figures off our bench. But um, a good game. Heartbreaker. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into uh, some upcoming uh, the news on uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm guessing that we don't see him back first game after the All-Star break. I, I think we work him in, and I wouldn't doubt if maybe he goes on the road and, and the first game against uh, the Thunder on the road. Maybe that's uh, kind of ideal. I don't, I don't know if, if there's a difference, but I, I, I see him coming back in the next two weeks, one way or another, whether they work him in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and then work up to eventually 30 minutes the next month. That can be done, but I believe he's probably getting healthy, if not already healthy. But if we continue to go out of March and we do not see Jaron Jackson Jr., I'm getting worried because this is this lasting way too long. And I think there's something else going on if we don't see him in March. So, unleash Mr. Jackson, please. All right, well, let's talk about some trades. A couple of guys that I've kind of deemed that we should listen to on trades. Kyle Anderson, uh, for sure. Jonas Valanciunas. Grayson Allen, maybe. There's players that you want you can listen to. I don't know if anybody's really knocking down your door to get Grayson Allen. People need shooting though, and so that's no, that's always important. I I like Grayson. I think he fits this team if he can learn to kind of play within himself. But he could also be the odd man out in this rotation if he doesn't shoot well. And so that's you're kind of dealing with a lot of error. And DeAnthony Melton has played much better as of late. And so I don't know if that's, you know, they they look at potentially moving one if somebody comes to knock on their door and just offers so much that they like, all right, we can better ourselves in the future by coming off of one of these players. But um, Grayson Allen's potential, I don't see it happening. Um, Jonas Valanciunas, I love Jonas. I think he's a top five center in the league. Actually considered a center. Anthony Davis is not a center. People, heads up. He does not like playing down there. Um, and so I think he is definitely one of the best centers in this league. If he's not top five, he's top 10 for sure. Um, but Jonas Valanciunas is a very valuable piece for us. I like the way he fits this team. He's the big brother, the big bully. So if it's me 
I'm probably not coming off of him. I know there's been rumors about Boston. I don't I don't know if Boston's going to have enough for us. People have talked about Robert uh, about uh, the Time Lord Robert Williams. I just don't know. Uh, but Jonas is under contract this year. You know he's 15 million and next year for 14. And as we talked about earlier with Grayson, he's you know he's two and a half this year. He's four million next year. He's not much, and that's why I think some teams might come after him because he does offer a lot on a on a low contract, and he's cheap next year as well. But Kyle Anderson, nine and a half this year, pretty much you know ten million next year. It's not big. It's not a huge contract. He does so much for our team, but he is a veteran. People don't look at him like that. He's only 27 years old. He's finally figured out some different, you know, ways that he can be effective. And I don't think you lose the shot. I don't think you lose his speed because there's not much. He moves in a different speed than everybody else, which is, is so much beneficial for him. I I think that this old man game can last. And I think he's got another good, good five years. Uh, underneath his belt and so I, I'm curious how this goes and I, I believe that Kyle Anderson will be very very beneficial for this Grizzlies team sometimes you always need somebody to calm you down you need that player that's just consistent chill when the when the going gets tough you can kind of lean on them and I think those players are JV and Kyle Anderson. So I don't know if you trade them. It has to be very, very beneficial for you. Because if not, why, why trade them? They're not expiring. Nobody's really, you know, you're not losing them. I think you could get both of these players back after their uh, contract expires. I think you could even extend them if you wanted to. Some people, you know, don't agree that these two players play the style that we like. Not everybody has to be the same style. I'm trying to preach that. Maybe somebody will listen to my message. Not everyone has to be the same speed as John Morant or fly up and down the court or or be the unicorn that Jaron Jackson Jr. is and they just mesh so well. No, JV is slow. He's the big bully on our team. And you need somebody to be the big bully so the rest of our players feel strong and they, and they know they have somebody that backs them up. And so I believe that that these two players are very important. The last one I, I will say that, that the Grizzlies need to shop is Gorgie Jang. The guy is a veteran. He's 31. He's not past he's not past where he's not not good enough, but he's making 17 million. That is a big number. But if there's any way to get anything back, whether it's a throw-in, you know, two second rounders or a second rounder. Or even a first rounder, if somebody wants to be crazy enough that we take off a bad contract and they throw us a, a good pick in the in the mix for Gorgie, that's fine. That's what I want. We'll take on your bad contract and see ya. If your guy is hurt, not playing, and you want to throw in some a pick or two with him for for Gorgie just to help you and solidify maybe your backup center, I think he could be very, very beneficial. I said at one time, you know, the Nets could use somebody like that. That big, that uh, uh, mid-level exception, or I guess it's bigger than that, the player exception for the uh, the Celtics had, if they're not going to use it and just let it expire, 
why don't you bring on Gorgi Jang and just take him and we'll figure out the money and, and, and whatever we have to do to make things work. But just, you can have him just throw us a pick or two and we'll kind of be happy about it. But I, I don't, that's the only player I really see the Grizzlies moving on from. We are deep. This, this, this team is very deep, but as I said early on, on our regular free basketball NBA style uh, podcast that we're doing, Cheap plug every Thursday night, 7 Central, over on the Locker Room app. We do it live. We produce it here on wherever you can find, wherever you're listening right now to this podcast. You can find it later. But if you want to go live with us, come over Thursday, 7 o'clock. But I said a long time ago, these teams that are middling, the not the top-tier teams, these mid-level teams can be very much helped out from players 8 through 12 and even all the way to 14 potentially and we've seen that with the Grizzlies they're so deep everybody's so consistent so young that that's helped us a a tremendous amount this year there's games we should not have won we missed jaw a lot early on and somehow we played well enough to keep a decent record and we missed a lot of players we missed justice for you know a lot of the season, Jaron, the whole season so far. And we've somehow held on by a lot of these players because we're so deep. So it doesn't hurt to be deep. So I think this year, unless you're blown away by somebody's offer, I think this year being so weird, so different, and all these players being so young and under contract for next year, everybody is under contract next year except for Gorgie Jang and Justice Winslow. We have the team option. And if he keeps playing like he's doing, 13 million, yeah, we'll spend it. That's not a problem at all. So I'm excited about uh, this year. I'm excited about what's upcoming. And speaking of what's upcoming, let's get into this next week and kind of talk about what we look like for just this week. We will continuously keep previewing each week at a time. We will continue to have guests next week. It's March Madness, college basketball. I'm looking about doing something centered around uh, college basketball as well as these Grizzlies. We'll give you a little bit of both, but I'd like to talk a little bit of college basketball. And we're also going to have some different episodes that are coming out of our podcast feed that will be centered around, um, you know, just basketball in general. Definitely, we're going to talk about NBA, but also some college basketball because the tourney, man, that's my favorite. I know it's Ryan, so uh, join him for that. But these three games... Wizards at the Grizzlies, Wednesday, the 10th of March, 7 o'clock. I think that's a very winnable game. We're playing well as we played, and we just played them. I think this is a game that we continue to play well, but you can't sleep on the Wizards. They're very tough. But having them at home after all this all-star deal, Bradley Bill hasn't had much time off. Our whole team has. I think that this is a very winnable game, and and I expect us to win this game. The Nuggets at home on Friday, the 12th of March, 7 o'clock. It's on NBA TV as well. I, I You might call me stupid, but I think we can win that game. I just think that we have the ability, besides you know somebody like the Joker, who can pass you know very well, I think our defense matches up with them. I think we can play well enough defense to where we can actually be a good team 
that plays well against them. They are 21 and 15. I understand that. Jokic is is scoring 27 points a game. But the rest of their team, I don't know if I just love the rest of their team. They're okay. Our bench unit is absolutely kills them. As long as we can learn to play consistent and not let Jamal Murray go off, I feel like we got a really good chance to to win that game as well. And so that would put us at 2 and 0 heading into the next game. And then we go on the road to the Thunder Sunday the 14th. It's an early afternoon game, 1 o'clock. That's the only thing that worries me is that early afternoon game. You travel. They're going to travel the night before, which shouldn't be that big of a deal. But those early afternoon games can be a little weird, different. Um, And so I believe that that is the first uh, game of a back-to-back where we then we go on the road again to the Suns. And so I believe that game is very important. And if anything happens, I believe that we will play most of our guys and rest them at Phoenix. So me looking at next week, the Wizards, I think it's a win. The Nuggets could be a loss. I believe that we can win that game because I think we can match up well enough against them that we will be okay. The only difference is, you know, JV against Jokic, It's not ideal, but I don't think the Joker moves where he's going to blow past JV out on the perimeter. It just depends on how they're going to play that. If JV can play well enough against the Joker, the rest of our team can guard them. And so I think we look at different matchups. If JV isn't working on on the Joker, then I, I believe that we can for sure change around and move around our defenses where we have somebody like Brandon Clark that can get out there. But I know Michael Porter Jr. is out there. I believe that we match up well against them enough where we can win that game. And the Thunder, first half back-to-back, we're, I think we're going to go guns a-blazing. Everybody, all starters, knowing we need to win that game because we're going to give up the next game more than likely. I think it's a 3-0 week. You heard it here first, 3-0. and uh, But that's all we have this week. It's been different. The all-star game has come and gone. The all-star game, pretty much a joke. Um, I know this week we're going to get into on our free basketball um, feed with, on, on the locker room app, Thursday, 7 Central. We're going to get into who those real all-stars are and who aren't. As you saw in that game, there was a lot of players. They are not all-star level. They aren't superstar level. They're good. And they're good for a, a team. As I talked about Mike Conley, he is good. He's an all-star, but he's not on that level, that next tier, the top tier. And that's what we discuss. Some of these players that people think that they are on these top tiers, they're not close. But still happy about Mike Conley. And speaking about Michael Conley Jr., we always love him here in Memphis. And as you saw in the bubble, he, he wore that I am a man on the back of his thing. And so today I want to talk about the statement that he made. I, I think it's very important. But he was talking about the I'm a man, um, what he wore. And it says, um, and I quote, that is why I am doing it. The education and also alongside understanding that we are people just like you. Our skin color doesn't make us any different. I am a man just like you are. That's the statement that he said he wants to put out there. And I think it's so important to hear that last part. I am a man 
just like you are. And I think that's so true. There's so much division that's been in this world. I'm so happy that we're coming together more. There's a lot that have kind of taken us apart, but little quotes like that about Mike Conley saying, looking back on that sanitation strike back in the day and, and thinking so profoundly as saying, I am a man just like you are. That's what that means. A lot of times I saw that. And, I, and even being from Memphis, I didn't really know how to think about that or know about that. I didn't grow up thinking that way. A lot of us didn't, especially if you are white, you didn't think like that, just being very honest. And so it helps me understand it and it helps me have so much respect for the guy that he is and just helps me love the player, the man that he actually is. And so I root for Mike Conley Jr. He can play with anybody and I would cheer him on. He's with the Jazz. They had the best record in the NBA, so it's not very hard to cheer for him, and hopefully they keep you know doing what they're doing and win. But but it's so important that I want to share that because you know Mike is is very much a good person, and he's living a great example for the little kids as well as adults. You know I, I'm I'm older, and so I I didn't really understand it as well as I should have, and, and just kind of deep diving this week and always thinking to myself what makes sense, and so. I want to share that this week and I thought that'd be very important since he made the all-star game and what he actually stand for and his ties to Memphis. So thank you, Mike, uh, for, for all the time that you spent here. Uh, the fan base absolutely loves him. And so I just wanted to make sure we shared that today, but that's all we have. I hope this is a very, very good second half. I think this is definitely a team that is going to make the playoffs. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to make the playoffs. This team is going to do it. Everything I believe in is Ja Morant. And so if he's on our team, I believe that we're going to do it. But that's all again we have this week. Thank you again. And we'll uh, talk to you on the next time. Be nice and tell your friends.